listening, meant to understand, enjoy, learn, or help? Or is it pseudo-listening? If you're not really listening, keep track of which blocks you use most often and make a firm commitment not to use them the next day. Keep this up for a week. Listen to your teacher, your boss, your relatives, your co-workers, and your loved ones. In just a couple of days, you'll notice changes in the quality of your interactions. People will seem to like you more, and your relationships will become more enjoyable. Besides the passive exercise of working on your intention, there are three active things you can do to dramatically improve the quality of your listening. The first is paraphrasing. Instead of sitting silently while another talks, you repeat in your own words what you think the other person has just said. Here's an example in which the second speaker is paraphrasing the first speaker. I've just finished four years of high school and eight years of grammar school before that. I'm sick of school. I've looked at the college catalogs, but the first two years look like more of the same old thing. I feel like getting out in the real world and earning some money for a change. In other words, you don't want to go to college right now. Here's another example of an exchange in which the second speaker is paraphrasing the first. He noticed right away that I was mad at him. He started apologizing about missing our anniversary. I felt so frustrated that I just burst into tears. I tried to explain to him that the anniversary was just a symptom of how we operate, but I couldn't get him to understand my point. You wanted him to see that it goes beyond just one anniversary. When you paraphrase, you reap five big dividends. First, you avoid misunderstanding. Second, people really appreciate being heard accurately. Third, paraphrasing helps you remember what was said. Fourth, it cools rising tempers. And fifth, paraphrasing is the antidote to most listening blocks. It's hard to daydream, argue, advise, or change the subject when you're concentrating on an accurate paraphrase. In the exercise that follows, you'll hear someone relating a personal story, opinion, or feeling. In the pause after each statement, stop the tape and respond out loud by paraphrasing what you heard. Do it in a natural conversational tone, just as if you were talking to a friend. Try this first story. When I was a kid, my dad never let me do anything on my own. He drove me to the movies. I never got to ride my bike like the other kids. When we went fishing, he baited my hook for me. He cast out the line. He reeled in the fish. I was just along to hold the fishing pole when nothing was happening. Here are a couple of ways to paraphrase the story. So your dad really did everything for you. You wanted him to let you shift for yourself more. Now try this statement. Every time I buy one of those bargain brands, I'm disappointed that Taiwanese food processor doesn't have enough power. The first time I used my new barbecue utensils, the varnish peeled right off the handles. And my cheap cassette recorder gives me nothing but static. From now on, I'm going to buy quality stuff and not worry so much about the cost.
Here are a couple of ways you might have paraphrased this statement. You've decided you only get what you pay for. Quality is worth the cost. Here's another statement to paraphrase in the pause that follows it. Mary was a great friend but a horrible roommate. She's spontaneous and generous. There's no one I'd rather party with. But she just couldn't do the dishes when it was her turn or pay her rent on time. She was always a day late and a dollar short. Here are some possible paraphrases. You're sorry you let her move in. You could hang out with her, but you couldn't live with her. Now try paraphrasing this story. I went to a therapist once. It was right after my marriage broke up and I had to have someone to talk to. But I was so confused and my life was in such a turmoil that I couldn't be very coherent. That poor woman. I think she lost money on the deal. I was paying $50 an hour and using up $60 worth of Kleenex. Here are a couple of ways you might paraphrase this story. So you did more crying than talking. You got support, but not very many insights. Now try responding to this statement with a paraphrase. I love flying anywhere. Just being at the airport is exciting. It means I'm about to travel someplace different, see different places and people. I even like taking other people to the airport or picking them up. I pretend I'm going someplace, too. Here are two possible paraphrases to this statement. You just love to travel by air. Just being at the airport is a thrill. Now we can go on to consider clarifying, the second form of active listening. Clarifying is a natural complement to paraphrasing. You ask for clarification when you don't fully understand a statement. You also clarify when you sense that the speaker is leaving out important parts of the story. Clarifying gives you the full picture. You can find out what the speaker thought and felt about an experience instead of being satisfied with the bare facts. You can ask for background information to help you understand the speaker's motivations and the context. Key questions when clarifying are, How did you feel about it? What's your theory? What led up to all this? What led you to that conclusion? Has anything else like this ever happened to you? Why do you think he said that? And so on. Remember that the simplest statement can be amplified and clarified, even in a mundane exchange like the following one about the weather. I can't believe it rained all day Saturday. Did you have plans? Yeah, I had tickets to the ball game. Were you really disappointed? Ruined my weekend. <laughs> you must really like the game. I live for baseball. It's the bright spot of my week when the Giants win. Have you always been a big fan? Always. I went to my first game when I was seven. The Giants were playing the Dodgers, and Willie McCovey hit a home run. A casual remark about the weather has become a more interesting story about the baseball fan's childhood. Even the simple conversation shows the interpersonal benefits of clarifying. When you ask for more information, you're telling the other person that you care, that you're interested, that he or she is worth talking to, 
and that you will make an effort to understand. Here's another example of asking for clarification. Oh boy, what a mess. What's a mess? This house, my checkbook, my life. Take your pick. Do you want some help cleaning up? Yeah, that would be nice. If we got the house picked up, maybe the rest of the messes wouldn't seem so bad. Sounds like you're feeling overwhelmed. You said it. In this exchange, a vague statement of dissatisfaction is clarified by revealing some of the facts and feelings behind it. In the next exercise, you'll hear statements in which the facts, feelings, or opinions are unclear. In the pause after each statement, turn off the tape and ask for clarification. Ask for the missing or garbled facts, feelings, or opinions in a natural way, as if you were conducting a real conversation with the speaker. Here's the first statement. My older sister has been married and divorced twice. My other sisters have stuck with their first husbands and seem pretty happy, all things considered. Of course, I don't see Judy very often, and we're terrible about writing, so I lose touch with how she's feeling. I'm much closer to Betty. To understand this statement, you need more facts. You should have asked the speaker for the number, names, ages, locations, and marital status of her sisters. Here are two possible ways to ask for clarification in this situation. Now, how many sisters do you have? And which is the oldest? You'd better tell me again how many brothers and sisters you have and who's married to whom. Now try clarifying this statement. Our original plan was to swap houses with our friends in Boston and spend Joe's sabbatical year there. He would work on his book and I would take some design courses. But then I got my new job, and Joe was interested in the software venture I told you about. So we've decided that it makes more sense to stay here for the sabbatical. The facts and the reasoning seem clear here, but there isn't much emotional content. You might have clarified the statement as follows. How do you feel about working instead of studying next year? Are you disappointed? Or, if you were more interested in the effect on their relationship, you might have asked, Whose idea was it to stay? Did you both come up with it, or did you have a hard time agreeing? Or, if you wanted to explore positive feelings, you might have said, That must be some job to make you want to give up a year in Boston. What do you like so much about it? Now try clarifying this next statement. He gave me a C. No comments. No explanation. A 20-page paper. Half a semester's work. And I get a C for my trouble. I was really depressed. I'll never bring that grade up to a B, and I've got to have a B in that course. It's clear what's happened here and how the speaker feels about it. What is not clear is his opinion, his interpretation of the event. Does he think the grade was fair or unfair? If unfair, what does he think the teacher's motivation was? If the grade is fair, you need to know his opinion of his own work. What was wrong with the paper? And does he think he could have done better? Here are a couple of ways to ask for clarification from the student. I'm confused. Do you think the grade was unfair? 
What grade do you think you should have received for the paper? Wait a minute. Why do you think he gave you that grade? Did he hate the paper? Or has he got something against you personally? 